Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero on groundzero.radio, the Aftermath FM Ground Zero app. And as most of you might be listening right now, in the Secret Teachings Archive on our website or on one of the many radio and podcast players. Thank you so much for tuning in to the broadcast. It is Monday, November 28th, 2022, and we have a very good week of shows planned for you here. I hope that everybody had a good Thanksgiving, a good Thanksgiving weekend. Some of you might have got an extended weekend like I did, Thursday and Friday off. We put some best of shows up in the archive. For those of you who might have been wondering where the show was, we didn't stop doing radio. We just took a little bit of a break for Thanksgiving. And uh, then we had a couple of uh, extra days to prepare some shows for you this week. And I think uh, this might be one of the best weeks of shows that I've planned in a long time. Some fascinating, some interesting, and some disturbing stuff to talk about this week. We are going to be discussing the situation in Arizona, here where I am, and a little north of me up in Maricopa County, where just this morning there was a 8 o'clock meeting to certify the election, and 9.30 a.m., an hour and a half later, the first court proceedings were supposed to take place over the illegality and the fraud and the disenfranchisement of that election. Maricopa County actually bumped up the time of their meeting so they could vote before the court case was heard. Very, very suspicious. So we'll talk about that this week. We also have a COVID-19 show. We haven't done a COVID-19 show for a while. According to a number of reports, vaccinated people now make up a majority of the COVID deaths. We're being told of a triple-demic this December and January and February, and a couple of articles stating that there are some new symptoms going around, and they include everything from feeling tired to having, uh, well, a fever. According to a new study, a fever is the newest symptom of COVID-19. It's a wild, wild narrative that is being crafted, and people believe it. It's a really simple narrative. And this is what I think will help us to understand what we're going to talk about tonight, the narrative. Look how narratives are created around things like COVID-19. Every other study, Omicron, Delta, the original COVID-19, Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, whatever they call them, they're like, we've got these new symptoms, these new symptoms, and um, one of them is fatigue, one of them is fever, Beware of this new symptom. What's the new symptom? The new symptom is you get tired and then you go to bed. That's a new symptom. You know, this is a narrative. A lot of things, just like we see here in politics in Arizona, it's all narrative. The media tells us what the candidates' platforms are by making every piece of coverage about a particular question. Everything is about narrative formation when we're talking about politics when we're talking about health care or in the case of another story we have this week an israeli activist took climate change commandments and smashed them 
This is the headline, Israeli activist smashes climate change Ten Commandments atop Mount Sinai. Obviously, this is where Moses received the Ten Commandments from God on the mountain. And once again, as I've said before, climate change is a cult. The ideology of climate change is a cult. And it is a religious-like cult in the same way that, well, COVID-19 is kind of a religious-like cult. In fact, over in the UK, we talked about this earlier this year, a huge structure, intricately carven, was built and filled with pictures and uh, notes, letters to dead family members. And then the structure was burned, and it was very ritual and ceremonial in the sense that when you, let's say you practice very basic magic, you write down something on a piece of paper, you know, maybe you have um, an issue you're dealing with in your life, you write it on a piece of paper and you throw it into the fire or you write a prayer down, you throw it into the fire and the smoke brings the prayer up to the gods. This is why we light incense as well. It's not just because it smells good, but nice scents attract, well, kind gods and goddesses. This is the old idea. So we burn this structure and we send up all these prayers and the images, and it's extremely ritualistic. It's extremely ceremonial. It's extremely magical, and it's extremely cult-like. And it's all based on narrative. It's all based on the formation of these alternate realities that you don't need AI or VR or AR, augmented reality, to experience. These are augmented realities that you can see with your five senses. These are augmented realities that are created through snippets, clips, small little news reports, things that give you the coding, if you will, to this augmented reality. Here's another example. In Florida, a report came out over the weekend that the election integrity, election fraud department division that the governor of Florida set up to find fraud has found hardly, you know, any fraud. They've basically found nothing in the midterm elections. And then you read the article further and you realize, well, they're talking about the midterm elections, but they haven't told you that for the 2020 election, they've arrested dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for voting twice, for breaking the law, etc. So, they create the narrative that, well, this election fraud unit hasn't done anything for the midterm elections. That's because they cleaned up the system in Florida. So the political angle, the political narrative, takes something in opposition and crafts it into a narrative that benefits their political ideology. These are just a few things that I've seen over the last couple of days since we haven't been on air. I've been trying to put all of these little things together for this week's series of shows. And the best way to start with tonight's main subject is to read you uh, an article. You can find this on, there aren't a lot of Western media outlets covering it, uh, from Al Jazeera, which I don't know if you could trust them, uh, the Japanese Times, uh, French uh, newspapers, like every other major newspaper from Europe to Asia has covered this. And uh, maybe with the exception of the Gateway Pundit, which I don't really like them. I think it's kind of a crappy paper uh, or publication. 
Uh, very few people have covered this, and that is in Russia, lawmakers have unanimously approved a bill that bans all forms of what they call LGBTQ propaganda. Now, they did this last Thursday uh, at a final reading, and basically the legislation is a crackdown on non-traditional, so non-male-female sexual relationships in Russia. Now, the Russians call it LGBTQ propaganda because it's being directed particularly at children. You know, when I was a kid, nobody promoted homosexuality to me. This wasn't something in either private or public schools, but you might, you know, might have known someone who was gay. You might have, um, I grew up in Florida and there would always be these like, um, they'd have like gay parades or kind of LGBTQ type parades. Um, Ybor City was huge in Tampa for these. St. Petersburg is huge for these kinds of things in the state of Florida, at least when I was growing up. And it was a thing. And, you know, people might have disagreed with it, but you didn't have to go to the parade. You didn't have to go to the event. People might have disagreed with it. But, you know, if you if you disagreed with that lifestyle or you you don't, you know, you don't like gay people for some reason or whatever the case is, you know, not only do you not have to go to that, but, you know, if it's a family member, you can choose not to, you know, spend time with them. But today things have changed a lot and they've changed a lot within a very short period of time where the idea socially and culturally is if you don't go to the gay parade, then you're homophobic. If you don't coddle and give special treatment and privileges to gay people, whether they're family members, friends, etc., then you're homophobic or you're transphobic or whatever kind of phobic. And I've seen that gay people have been utilized as this shield. Uh, people fly rainbow flags, especially if you go to a protest and you see people that are promoting, let's say, drag queens or they're promoting uh, you know, trans rights or something to that effect. All this seems, in my view, to go together. So when you go to one of those events, you see people waving a rainbow flag. It's basically like a big shield. It's like a talisman or a totem. It's you know, you're, it's like holding the cross up to the demon in the movie. You know, it's, it's supposed to mean something. You know, you ask a question, you try to figure out what's going on, and they just hold the rainbow flag in front of your face. You know, the demon is trying to, to get in your head. The demon is trying to, uh, you know, take the child, and they hold the cross to the demon. Go back to hell. I know your name, etc., and that's kind of what those symbols are being used for. They're being used as talismans. They're being used as shields. They're being used as amulets. And, you know, talismans and amulets are used against things like, well, just a general uh, word like evil. They're used against oppressive forces or they're used against uh, the evil eye, like the Hamsa. They're used against things that could cause you harm. In other words, the rainbow flag in that capacity, or all of these other types of flags, they're magical symbols that are being used like shields to advance a specific and very aggressive ideology that has nothing to do with politics of the left or right, and that has nothing to do with sexuality of either gay people or straight people. It has to do with getting that information to the most vulnerable, to children. And that's what I think a lot of people who are genuine 
about their concerns over these issues. That's what a lot of people are concerned about. And that's what it seems as if Russian lawmakers are likewise concerned about. We don't hear about what goes on in Russia unless it benefits Western and NATO um, politics and image. When Russia accidentally shoots a missile into Poland, it's an act of war on a NATO country. But when it turns out to not be a Russian missile and it's actually a Ukrainian missile, then it's not an act of war, even if it's an accident. It's not an act of war on a NATO country because it doesn't benefit the narrative. So when Russia unanimously votes to approve a bill to ban LGBTQ propaganda, Russia is in a very unique position historically to do that. And here's something that you will not hear on Tucker Carlson. You will not hear this on any other mainstream media. He might be the only source he might cover it if someone brought it to his attention. But I doubt that Tucker Carlson would cover it. I doubt that even, in fact, I know that Alex Jones wouldn't cover it. In fact, I'm not quite sure anybody in media anywhere would cover it. And that is, if we go back about 100 years in Russia, it's 2022 right now, so go back about 105 years to 1917, 1918. You get the Bolshevik Revolution, right? Bolshevik Revolution resulted in the overthrow of the Tsar. After the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, those same Bolshevik communists, they came to another country, a country called Germany. And when they arrived in that country, there were soldiers who had returned home uh, after World War I so a lot of soldiers that didn't have um, didn't have much else going for them or much else to do. They were very much soldiers of Germany, and a physical coup was organized by the Bolsheviks and the communists in Germany and the Freikorps, as they were called, the Freikorps. They rose up physically and they physically slayed those communist Bolshevik thugs that tried to overthrow. The German government, which was already reeling from World War One, that Germany didn't start in the first place. And as a result of that, the communists realized the Germans, more so than even the Russians, which had been subject to the Bolshevik communist ideology for much longer than Germany had been, the Germans were not going to go quietly into the night. So instead of organizing physical assaults on Berlin, the communists realized they could not take Germany from the Germans with physical force. So they had to use a different tactic. The tactic they chose to use was psychological. The tactic they chose to use was sexual. The tactic they chose to use was anti-cultural. If you study history, and you study the history of communism in particular... You'll learn about things like class warfare, Karl Marx, right? Between the rich and the poor. But today, class warfare has been expanded into other things like, well, black and white, men and women, straight and homosexual. And the usage of LGBTQ plus ideology, which has 
as I alluded to, hijacked homosexuality and even feminism for that matter. LGBTQ plus ideology as a shield has gone further than simple division. They now expect children to be indoctrinated, or let's call it educated for that matter, to be fair, to be educated in these beliefs at a very, very young age. And they want them to be educated at a very young age by people, in some cases, who are literally convicted pedophiles, people that pretend to be men or women when they're not men or women, drag queens, transvestites, etc. Now, before you turn the show off because you think this is some right-wing talking point, trust me, the right-wing won't talk about this either. When you have the puberty blockers and the hormone therapy and the sexual assignment surgery, and it becomes commonplace, and you have states like California that want to prevent parents from even seeing what goes on in the classroom, and you have schools and psychologists and psychiatrists, entertainment and media parroting these talking points and targeting young children. And you have a generation due to technology and other things that are so anxious, so depressed, uh, so depressed, so tired and so unable to function that any kind of Negative emotion or feeling is assigned to what we call gender dysphoria, particularly for young girls. And as this ideology grips politics and media, entertainment and schools, children are being spoken to about sex and shown pornographic material, usually by often, you know, they're, they're mentally ill teachers that should know, they shouldn't be anywhere near a child. Now, it seems like perhaps we're jumping around. We went from an LGBTQ propaganda law in Russia to LGBTQ and what some people believe that movement is being used for. And I mentioned history and the Bolshevik revolution. But it all comes together very coherently here. Because when the communists and the Bolsheviks couldn't overthrow Germany when they came after the revolution in Russia they decided to implement a new tactic, a new strategy. And everything that Russia, as a country, is attempting to ban and prevent children from seeing, we go back 105 years to the Bolshevik Revolution, the same thing was happening then. And the same thing that was happening then that was successful in Russia was exported to Germany. And when they couldn't physically overthrow Germany, they exported the ideology of precisely what we see happening today. And this is where the right wing, this is where people in the middle even, will not go. This is where Infowars will not go. This is where your alternative, independent, or sometimes celebrity-minded individuals will not go. In fact, the only people that seem willing to go there are people that have experienced it firsthand, like, I don't know, Kyrie Irving or Kanye West or Dave Chappelle. They seem to be the only ones willing to go here. And we're not talking about the Jewish question. All of these LGBTQ things were marched into Germany in the 1920s during the Weimar Republic. Take a pen, take a pencil, and write down these names and confirm this for yourself. Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld formed something called the Institute for Sexual Science. And the Institute for Sexual Science openly degraded German culture, 
German families, German children, German marriages, and promoted a depraved and psychotic lifestyle. Depraved and psychotic because it promoted drugs, it promoted sexual promiscuity, and it promoted a lot of this stuff in literature and pornography, eroticism, raw sex, homosexuality, trans sex. It promoted it, and they gave access to it to children. In fact, the original transvestite, the word transvestite is a German word. The first transvestite came out of Berlin. The first sexual reassignment surgery, a man had his penis removed because he wanted to be a woman, came out of Berlin. And Berlin, at the time, in the early 20s, especially in the mid-20s, the Weimar Republic became the global hub of burlesque, drag queens, and very, what we might even call controversial and perverted today, very disgusting and disturbing smut and pornography. It's one thing to watch people have sex. It's another thing when we're talking about the kinds of things that were peddled in Weimar, Germany. Homosexual pornography given to children on the streets in pamphlets, drawings. It's art. Sexual science was turned into a business. Hugo Haas, an independent socialist, along with Karl Lebnick, who was a lawyer, and Rosa Luxemburg combined their efforts to create something called the Spartacus League, which was married to the Soviet Party of Russia. In many instances, these people in this group, Spartacus League, uh, their goal, when successful, was to incite German workers to violent rebellions, the proletariat to rebel against the Burgoy. The Undersecretary of State in German, uh, Germany and the Ministry of Justice the highest judicial official, Dr. Oskar Kohn, was also a legal advisor to the Russian embassy in Berlin, kind of a conflict of interest. This communist influence spread rapidly with Bolshevik tactics financed by the same money that funded the 1917 Bolshevik Revolution in Russia. The Karl Marx School that was founded in a, uh, in a uh, community of Berlin by Dr. Fritz Carson was directed by Kurt Lowenstein, and Kurt Lowenstein established six, uh, six, or I think it was like six children's camps, they called them. And they were called republics. And this is where children were sent, removed from their family, and placed under control of a communist collective so they could be indoctrinated in the sexuality. They could be indoctrinated in the perversity. I'm pretty sure that Vladimir Putin, who's probably not the best guy in the world, he's probably aware of these kinds of things because it happened to Russia within memory. It happened to Russia in 1917. The same thing happened to Germany a few years later. In fact, Germany became the hub of this perversity. It became the hub of this ideology. And the same thing is happening now in the United States. And since nobody wants to talk about it, very few people will mention it, especially on a radio show or TV show. I've never seen it happen. uh, That this is the reason that there became such an anti-Semitic or an anti-Jewish belief system in that part of the world because all of these people I just named were all by identity Jewish. But the thing is, people have taken the Jewish identity just like the homosexual identity and used it as a shield to advance a political narrative, a political ideology. We come back, I want to tell you what that ideology is really 
all about. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. From Ground Zero to the Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to hear more of the Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Russia now has a new law that prevents LGBTQ propaganda from being peddled, not just to children. They already had a law for that, but also to adults. Now, in the West, we might see that as a violation of human rights. We might see that as oppressive. But then we have to try to figure out what exactly is it that the Russians see LGBTQ propaganda as what do they define it as because when i see lgbtq when i see the rainbow flag i see two different environments i see the people like when i was a kid who would have you know a gay parade a pride parade family members who were gay and although maybe people had aversions to it they they found it perhaps wrong or you know, unchristian or whatever the case was, we still got along with those people. And, you know, generally speaking, we still societally allowed for, you know, a, a gay parade or a pride parade. And I felt like those people still exist. Those pride parade people, those, you know, gay family members, gay friends, those people still exist. But there's a new environment now. The new environment is taking the work and taking the progress of the homosexual community, if you will, the gay community, whatever people want to be called, I don't really care, 
call me whatever you want to call me. But taking the progress those people have made, just like the progress of, of women, like women's rights, right? Feminism, taking the progress of women, taking the progress of homosexuals and reversing it in the name of further progressing it. And see, it's like if you're gay today, if you have a rainbow flag, then you are automatically by most conservatives associated with trans people and associated with what some call groomers associated with pedophiles. And that's not right because that's not what gay people believe. That's not what gay people are involved in. That's not what gay people do. It's the same thing with feminism. It's like in order to be pro woman today, you have to believe every single story that you hear about how evil men are. You have to believe that the only appropriate way for a woman to live her life is to have a female partner. So, you know, to be lesbian, that's that's female advancement. The only way a woman can be empowered is if she kills her own children, if she doesn't take responsibility, if the most basic fundamental thing that makes a woman a woman, a human, a human is to prevent her from having a child and to prevent her from becoming a mother. It's as if to be empowered, you have to allow biological men to participate in otherwise protected women's sports. So I feel like women, just like gay people, have seen their progress diminish in a very short period of time, perceptual progress, diminish in a very short period of time under the title and the, the totem and the talisman and the amulet that is that rainbow flag that is now what we call LGBTQ. And I think that's how, in part, Russia defines LGBTQ propaganda. In fact, I also know that's how they define that propaganda because Russia, probably more than any other country with the exception of Germany, knows all too well the dangers of what we call LGBTQ propaganda. And not dangers because you're gay, not dangers because you're queer or because you're bisexual. Dangers because what we call LGBTQ today, if we go back to 1917 and the Bolshevik Revolution, the Bolsheviks were, over, were able to overthrow czarist government for two main reasons. One, because they infiltrated the culture this led to mass uprisings and the overthrow of the czar. Two, because they were ruthless, aggressive, and violent. And those who opposed them didn't have the will to oppose such aggression and violence. To match that aggression and violence. So the state fell and Russia became a communist dictatorship. They tried the same thing in Germany, though. The Germans weren't having it. The Germans physically fought back and prevented the overthrow of what at the time was the decimated uh, post-World War I, the decimated German economy, government, society, etc. And so instead of physically being able to overthrow the German culture and government, the Bolsheviks, the communists, used a different tactic. They flew the banner 
of rainbow flags. They flew the banner of LGBTQ. This was before rainbow and LGBTQ became associated with what it is today. How do I know they flew those flags? They waved those banners? Well, it's pretty simple. If you study a little bit of Weimar German history, there was an institute called the Institute for Sexual Science. It was run by a doctor, Magnus Hirschfeld. And this institute openly degraded German culture, family, children, marriages, etc. with literature and pornography ranging from basic eroticism to raw, uncensored sex to homosexuality to trans sex. The original transvestite and sexual reassignment surgery originated in Berlin, where burlesque and drag shows were common. In fact, Berlin became the central global hub of sexual reassignment surgery, of transvestites, of burlesque or drag shows. Berlin, during the Weimar years, became the capital of what we call LGBTQ today. The new capital today is in Tel Aviv, Israel. And if you don't believe me, type in LGBTQ capital and you'll find Tel Aviv, Israel comes up. Israel and Tel Aviv in particular is considered the most LGBTQ friendly city and country, city Tel Aviv, country Israel in the world. And you wonder perhaps why is that? Why was Weimar Germany the most LGBTQ friendly after World War One, and twenty something years later, a little more than twenty years later, when Israel was formed, how did that nation became become the capital of LGBTQ? You might wonder that. I wonder that. I'm, I'm, how how do we go from Germany to Israel? How do we go from, you know, over a period of like well twenty thirty, depending on what time period you're looking at? You know, Weimar Germany at its height. 1925, 1928, somewhere around there. So then Israel was created in the late 40s. You had the communist revolution in China. Um, Israel, of course, didn't become what it is today until much, much later. But how did that short period of time shift the balance of what we call LGBTQ power, if you will, or influence from Germany to Israel? It doesn't really make a lot of sense until you go and you read Jerusalem Post and all the Jewish newspapers in, 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 uh, in Israel. And th- it's not a hidden thing. They, they talk about how the Jewish religion, or at least what they say is the Jewish religion, which I find this very hard to believe because I've studied Judaism and I don't believe this is the case, that modern Jewish identity is the most accepting of homosexuality. It's the most accepting of um, trans people. It's the most accepting of... Uh, Anything that is considered non-traditional, which is basically what Russia has banned, anything non-traditional, you cannot, it's not that you can't be gay in Russia, it's just that you can't share the ideology with children, and now you can't, with the new law, you can't share it with adults. So there's a shift of power, a shift of balance from the 20s in Weimar, Germany, to the rise of Hitler And then the creation of the state of Israel, which was created by Adolf Hitler and the Balfour Declaration of the British, you look that up, Balfour Declaration and the Havara Agreement, the transfer agreement 
taking Jewish people out of the Reich and putting them in basically a concentration camp uh, now that we call Israel, one of the most oppressive apartheid states on the planet, which is now the capital of LGBTQ because, well, in their own newspapers, they brag about how they are the most accepting of LGBTQ. And I wonder why that is. They say the Jewish religion. See, I don't believe that because I've studied Judaism and I don't believe that Judaism as a religion because, you know, Christianity uh, is, I mean, even Islam, if we're being fair to Islam, to Muslims, Islam, Christianity and Judaism are not that distinctly different on the surface. Sure. But at the core, they're not that distinctly different. I mean, you know, the Torah is used by by Christians. It's a very, you know, Quran's a little different. That comes later. But this is a very um, interconnected series of religious beliefs. And if Christians believe that homosexuality is wrong, then how can Jewish people believe that not only is it right, but that it should be promoted over basic, normal, natural male-female connections and relationships? It's because I don't think that what we call Judaism is actually Judaism. I think that there's another name for it, a perverted name. A perverted name that we call Frankism or Zabatianism. Frankism and Zabatianism, named after Jacob Frank and Sabate Zavai, these were black magicians, these were pseudo-rabbis that took the Jewish religion and inverted it and used Jewish people as a shield to advance their political and, for all intents and purposes, satanic ideology, which was anti-human, which was pro-destruction and chaos, if you will. And I think the same thing's been done with Christianity. I think the same thing's been done with Islam. In fact, I know it's been done with Islam because Zabati, Zavai, and Jacob Frank, their ideology corrupted Islam and created Wahhabism in the same way that it probably infiltrated Christianity to some extent and created that right-wing, end-of-the-world, apocalypse, Armageddon, Christian viewpoint of the world. In other words, my point is, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam have all been infiltrated and inverted in both their symbols and their beliefs and their traditions as well. And so how did Weimar Germany, as the capital of LGBTQ, get transplanted to what we now call the capital today, and that is Tel Aviv, Israel? There's a connection here. Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld, for example, Rosa Luxemburg, Karl Liebknecht, Hugo Haas, creators of the Spartacus League, which was, well, part of the Soviet party of Russia, where they incited riots and looting and violence and uprisings against the German government. A Karl Marx school was even founded in a part of Berlin run by Dr. Fritz Carson and directed by Kurt Lowenstein. And these were basically children's camps where children would be removed from the family and placed under the control of a communist collective. And then they would be pumped full of LGBTQ, what Russia has banned, propaganda. So you see here, if you're paying attention, you're listening, and you're not disgusted by what I'm saying, that if you're Jewish, your identity is, perhaps your personal identity, is a lot different than what the Jewish faith or religion is institutionally. In the same way, if you're a Christian or a Muslim, it's much different personally, individually, than it is at an institutional level. That's why the Catholic Church is filled with rapists and pedophiles. That's why the Muslim world is filled with psychopaths 
murderers, terrorists. I'm not talking about terrorists and blowback and the CIA and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like Wahhabism and the extremist Muslim sects. They're no different than the Israeli terrorists or the Christian Western terrorists. Uh, Not that those religions traditionally don't have a history of violence, but at the core of those religions is, is peace and love and acceptance. And not isolating and, and triangulating certain groups to give them special privileges. That's a, there's a political angle there when that happens. There's an ideological angle there when that happens. And in the same way that these major religions have been corrupted in this capacity, so has what it means to be gay, what it means to be homosexual. That's why you have groups like Gays Against Groomers, and they get shadow banned, and they get censored, and they get blocked because they're admittedly, publicly proud gay people, and they don't like what their rainbow flag, symbolically, is being used to, uh, to identify them with. Because you're gay, you're supposed to believe in targeting children at a young age and filling their heads with these ideas? I don't think gay people like that. And I don't think that, you know, Jewish people want to be put into a similar kind of a category or all Christians or all Muslims for that matter. It's the same corrupting force, the same corrupting element behind all of this. It's the same historical cult that would sacrifice children on the proverbial altar of Moloch. It's the same ancient death cult that would bury children alive in the foundation of buildings to protect the buildings. The same death cult that would bury babies alive to request protection or strength or something like that from the gods. It's the same death cult that sacrificed children to any god anywhere in the world, whether that's ancient Sumeria or it's in Asia, or it's in the Americas. It's the same death cult that demanded human sacrifice uh, of the Aztecs, uh, of the Maya. It's the same death cult anywhere you look in the world. And once again, that death cult overshadows the fact that if we go back to one of the earliest recorded uh, sites, archaeological sites in the world, um, we go to modern Pakistan, And we have a site here in modern Pakistan that's about 7,000 B.C., roughly. Some date it back even further. And is a site, I believe it's called Magar. And they practiced very well-understood astronomical, astrological, funerary, and ceremonial rites. Where when they would bury the body at death... They would bury it in a way where the head was facing east, the rising sun, the feet were facing west, the land of death. And this showed a very sophisticated and long, long process prior of development um, for a people that lived 7,000 B.C. So we're talking, you know, up to 10,000 years ago or more when humans shouldn't have existed in that capacity let alone had these types of sophisticated belief systems. So ancient man was not totally barbaric. Ancient man was not just running around in groups killing children, as some might suggest. 
Ancient man had a very sophisticated way of doing things. And certain cultures were more depraved and, you know, demonic, if you will, than others. Some sacrificed, uh, I mean, if you look at the old temples uh, in, in, in what we call Israel today, the old Jewish uh, temples, some of them, they would sacrifice just like the, the Aztecs, sacrifice something. They had drainage systems to pour the blood out of the temples. That's not Judaism. That's not Christianity, you know, the, the, the various crusades into, you know, into the Holy Land and fighting the Muslims. Like, that's all the usage of institution. And it's like, again, class warfare. It's religious warfare. Just like we, we now today have sexual warfare where the children are the center of that warfare. And that brings us to our next subject. That brings us to our next topic. There is a place that is rumored, I've never been there, place that is rumored to exist in, um, I believe it is in Belgium. And this place in Belgium, this castle in uh, Belgium, is reportedly known locally as Chateau de Ameros. I might be pronouncing that wrong. The translation is the Castle of Kings or the Castle of Darkness. Now, in Belgium, this Castle of Darkness has a, um, surrounded by a very, very thick forest and uh, reportedly has a, a, a part of the inside of this structure, um, has something that kind of looks like I've heard people describe it as the dining hall from Hogwarts. And they call this, um, this dome of the castle a uh, thousand lights, which is kind of like, remember George Bush Sr. said, a thousand points of light, right? So this place, I've never been there. This is just rumored to, uh, it's not too far from the NATO headquarters, interestingly, uh, and the village of Muno Bell. And this place is reportedly a center where children in particular, but young people, uh, in general, and even perhaps adults, are taken and tortured and sacrificed, etc., by some of the rich and powerful people that run the world. Now, over the last couple of years, truly just the last few years, maybe going back a decade at most, we have seen an outpouring of personal accounts and of conspiracies conspiracy theories, I should say, about powerful, wealthy people and what they do behind the scenes. And we've seen the hijacking, once again, the hijacking and the inversion of things like Pizzagate, right? Or things like, um, well, QAnon is another, I think, really good example, which is, you know, follow the plan, trust the plan. Yes, the communists and the Bolsheviks had a similar technique they used in the 1920s called Operation Trust or Operation Trust the Plan, where they would use it to target dissidents and then they would execute them in the same way that the Chinese used something called the Hundred Flowers Campaign to target dissidents, to torture them, and to execute them. So QAnon, Pizzagate, and all that stuff has diverted public attention and perhaps what could be real justice uh, from being achieved because it focuses on a stupid pizza restaurant and some 
strange symbols rather than focus on people by name like Jeffrey Epstein, who gets to, as he's, quote, you know, hanging himself in, in prison, <clears throat> not committing suicide, he gets to ride off into the night, right? And he was practicing out there in New Mexico. Remember, he was practicing a form of Lebensborn type uh, stuff where he was, they were impregnating women with his seed and then trying to create a race of super people, which is what what the um, Hitlerian Nazis were actually doing. But it's also the same thing the Soviet Soviets were doing. It's the same thing the British were doing. I mean, where did you think Hitler got the idea for eugenics? He got it from the British establishment. He got it from Western liberal um, KKK Democrat Party beliefs. I mean, this is where Planned Parenthood came from, from for, for goodness sake. So you have, uh, if you stand back from it, you have a history of eugenics, a history of, well, Planned Parenthood is eugenics, of genocide, ethnic cleansing, things that happen around the world naturally um, with warlords and, and, and tribal conflicts. But you also have institutional and political versions of this. Eugenics, you know, the Malthusian view of the world, and eugenics and population control, these are things that were institutionalized in the early 20th century. These are things that were turned into major political movements. Now, the reason Hitler did what Hitler did, as terrible as a person as Hitler was, if you read Hitler's writings, he said he was doing it because of the influences undermining German culture and tradition. Those were those LGBTQ influences that attempted to rip children away from their parents, destroy traditional relationships, and indoctrinate children into the culture of transvestites and drag queens. That happened in Weimar, Germany. And that's what Hitler wrote about in Mein Kampf, that he was disgusted by it. He also wrote that he was saddened that Jewish people seemed to be getting the blunt force treatment of response because most of the people running those groups, like Magnus, Hirsch, Magnus Hirschfeld and others, were all Jewish. As terrible as a person as Hitler was, at least there was a method behind the madness and there was an understanding of why he did those things. They don't want to tell you that today. They want to ban Mein Kampf and prevent you from learning that because then he's just a crazy person who had no motivation. Of course, Hitler had a motivation. Of course, Stalin had a motivation. Mao had a motivation. Some are different than other motivations. Some are similar motivations. People didn't just, we have to be so cautious when people try to paint people, people, try to paint other people as being just lunatics for the sake of being lunatics. If there's a, there's a core reason why they do those things, people did those things historically. And if we go back into history even further, and we look at those death cults and the sacrificing of children, which is even in the Bible, whether it's to Moloch or Baal or Bel, and you hear these stories about like the castle of darkness, right? near Muno Bell in Belgium, Muno Bell, Belgium, the castle of darkness, the sacrificing of children. And then you come around full circle to modern times and you get the, you know, the pizza gate garbage. But at the core of all of this is the spirit cooking at the core of all of this is the Crowleyites at the core of all of this is an ancient ritualistic ceremonial death cult that exists today and makes itself known through entertainment and through media. That's why when you see Balenciaga, 
which say that name again for me really slow. Balenciaga, 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 uh, Balenciaga. Try, sorry, try, <laughs> try to say it three times. Balenciaga, Balenciaga, Balenciaga. That's why they show you in their advertising what they're really all about. The torture and the abuse and the molestation and the rape and the evil things that are done to the most vulnerable, to children. And Balenciaga is not the only company to do these things. Another company called Fashion Nova got caught doing a similar thing back in 2020, but it's a lot worse than that. I'm going to tell you more about this when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, www.thesecretteachings.info. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. tstradio at protonmail.com is the other email. There is a lot more after this. You do not want to miss tonight's show in the second hour. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero, and crawl up to the fall back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable thank you so much for joining us if you're listening on the secret teachings website or on one of the many radio and podcast players please leave us a review particularly apple podcasts let us and others know what you think of the show give us a couple of stars whatever you think we deserve if you're listening on ground zero dot radio welcome back to the broadcast Thank you so much for staying with us into hour number two tonight. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com. Those are the two emails, the ways that you can contact us. And don't forget, you can subscribe to our full archive, $40 for the whole year. You can donate on our website or use Cash App on our website. That is our Black Friday special extended for probably a couple of weeks, maybe even through Christmas. We also have all four of my digital books for $20. It's also a big deal. And we have a, um, a, uh, uh, just a general, uh, you know, occult arcana, the food philosophy book, the technological elixir and Liberty shrugged, uh, just the general books, no discounts that you can buy those separately on the website. Uh, I self-published them, so I can't really put those on sale per se uh, because they have to be physically printed and shipped and all that. Uh, But those are on the website. Another way to support the show, keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. If you missed the first segment tonight, I think we could sum it up like this. There is, within the natural order of the universe, creation and destruction, There is light and there is darkness. There is breath. And certain forces of opposition, like Shaitan, the adversary, are necessary forces. There needs to be pushback. There needs to be weight. There needs to be heaviness. This is how we learn things. This is how we grow from experience. This is how we become more aware, more conscious, more enlightened. Depending on how we define the word evil, when we're talking about things like oppression and adversary, Satan and Shaitan or the devil, evil, which is live, reversed, lived, evil, lived, evil. It's an inversion. We're talking about probably two different things because there's a necessary evil that allows us to, like when you go to a gym, right, and you weight train, or when you, you try to get into shape and you maybe you run or you do some jogging. There has to be resistance. Or there's no point in lifting air. There's no point, I mean, unless you're doing some kind of Qui-Gon type of a thing, which might you know be very beneficial for other things. But you're not going to get stronger if you're not lifting weights or you're not having some resistance. You know, people that run through the poles or they, they, uh, you know, they do different kinds of um, uh, training exercises you know, even sometimes just using your own body as a weight, you know, push-ups and sit-ups and things like that. There has to be resistance or, or nothing happens. But there's another kind of evil. 
another kind of evil that is purely chaotic and purely destructive. And that evil is not a necessary evil per se. It's an unbalanced evil. If you only focus on the good, the purest good that you focus on, what I call the love and light ideology, the love and light mindset, that is another expression of pure evil as far as I'm concerned. Because you have no perspective and no context as per what is love and light and what is, well, hatred and darkness. Balance is the only way to achieve an understanding. Balance is the only way to achieve that next step in spiritual progression and evolution. If you're only focused on the love and light aspect, it's not much different than if you're focused on evil symbols and statues and, you know, the church of Satan and all that. In other words, evil can take the form of good. We know from the Christian Bible, we know that the, uh, the devil can recite scripture, right? Sometimes angels are not so angelic. Sometimes they're more demonic, which is a word, of course, that comes from daemon, which is part of yourself. So there's necessary evil in the world, Necessary evil is part of the balance. But when you step out of line with balance and you focus on either pure evil or pure good, you're missing the point and necessary evil becomes chaotic, destructive, unbalanced evil. All throughout human history, we find cultures that practiced human sacrifice. But within those cultures, you also had periods of time when they didn't practice human sacrifice before human sacrifice was practiced and after periods in which it was stopped. Whether you go to the Americas, North, Central, and South, if you go to the Middle East, perhaps where it's most famous, if you go to Asia, anywhere you look in the world, you are going to find human sacrifice as a tradition or cannibalism, in some cases, as a tradition, which has many different meanings. In some cultures, humans would willingly be sacrificed because it was an honor to be sacrificed to the gods. They would be provided maybe a week or two weeks prior to this with as many women as they could sleep with, exotic fruits, you know, beautiful, luxurious things you know, in their rooms, and then they would willingly be sacrificed. That's different than forcing people as captives to be sacrificed. Like that movie Apocalypto. In some cultures, cannibals are cannibals because they believe that consuming the dead will actually, if not a form of sympathetic magic, uh, give them their powers. They do this for like dead uh, you know, enemies. Um, but within the tribe, you would be a cannibal because you, and you would only eat certain parts of the body because they knew other parts like the brain, you know, would lead to disease uh, like Kuru. So you ate certain parts of the body because you believe that this was actually preserving uh, the essence and giving your, your, your friend or your family member a, um, and usually it was distant. You didn't like eat your brother, but other people in the tribe would because it would help to preserve their, their, uh, their body. It's kind of like a form of mummification instead of rotting in a cold ground in the cold ground, you'd, you'd, you'd rot, if you will, in a, in a warm, loving environment. So there's different interpretations of human sacrifice and cannibalism. However, 
there's also just raw and depraved human sacrifice, which for probably 10,000 years or more, uh, when civilization began to form as we know it, more so that's what three, 4,000 years ago. But, you know, if you look at the archaeological record, I mean, you have cases of, of you know, in the Indus Valley, you've got 7,000 B.C. or even before that, uh, sophisticated cultures. You know, so our, our understanding of history really is, you know, it's really, uh, it's really isolated and it's really um, stagnant uh, in terms of what the general public knows. But, but the point I'm trying to make here is you have cultures that were super sophisticated and it did not practice those kinds of things. And you had cultures that were less sophisticated and did practice those kinds of things. And you had some that practiced those things and then they were stopped in the case of Quetzalcoatl or Veracocha in Central and South America. And then once those gods left, then the human sacrifice began again. So it's not a, a, a linear thing. It's not like bar, barbarism up into the middle of, um, you know, uh, modern day. Uh, it's not uh, a progressive thing where people used to do these things and they learned civilization and culture and then stopped doing them. They not only did them for different reasons than we would typically think, but there were periods of time when things shifted back and forth, if you will. So the reason I'm explaining all that is because when we're talking about human sacrifice and, you know, Malik and Bell and Ball and these different demons and gods and goddesses and things like that that might d demand blood or demand human sacrifice. Look, the, the, uh, the Hebrews did it. Uh, the Indian tribes of South America did it. The Aztecs did it. The Mayan did it. Uh, the ancient Chinese did it. The Japanese did it. Um, th none of this is isolated to the ancient, ancient world. None of this is isolated to, um, post-ancient, and none of this is isolated to the modern day. Uh, there are traditions and beliefs that are maintained today uh, at the highest, let's call it the highest levels, the highest orders of power, where the unbalanced form of evil is preserved. The unbalanced and uncontrolled, chaotic, demonic evil uh, that has no balance with good and light and warmth is not only practiced, but it is a an obsessive compulsive belief system of those people in certain positions of power who believe that in order to maintain that power and authority, uh, or in some cases they might not believe it perhaps, but it's part of the way that you keep that power and authority is, is blackmail and like the Jeffrey Epstein ring. Um, you do those things because it it allows you to maintain your power or others allow you to stay in power, they have more power because they have, um, they got dirt on you. Uh, and this is, I mean, intelligence agencies openly, admittedly do this in the blackmail. Um, but it's more than that. Because you take a look at this company, Balenciaga, and just the name immediately gets you, Ball Enciaga. Ball Enciaga. You may remember there's a famous castle, I'm not sure if it's still there, in Belgium, in Belgium, near the village of Muno Bell. It's called the Castle of Darkness. 
And reportedly, this has been a place for God knows how long where human sacrifice is performed, child sacrifice, and mind control experiments. Now, let's say that is totally fictitious. That's just a conspiracy theory. Well, that's fine. But still, in the company Balenciaga, you have the name again, Ball. You have the god Ball. Now, Ball is not entirely evil. Uh, Ball or Bell, different names, different uh, expressions. Um, Ball is described in the Lesser Key of Solomon. uh, And he's also described, of course, in the famous dictionary Infernal, which is a great book if you can get a copy of it. He is a very, um, very interesting god. A lot of people might associate him with uh, Moloch. Uh, or Baphomet. Baphomet is not evil, though. Baphomet is actually a good, androgynous, balanced character where you have the blessing being given, the horns and the flame point upward into the heavens. The opposite of that is El Diablo in the tarot card where everything is pointing downward to light the abyss. Uh, Baphomet is not an evil symbol. People can use it as an evil symbol. Satanists in particular, ignorant of its origins, think it's a symbol of evil. They can turn it certainly into a symbol of evil. Um, and Baal has this association with Moloch, which, you know, in the Bible, don't sacrifice your children to Moloch. Um, Baal was worshipped by a number of different groups, Middle Eastern communities, the Canaanites in particular. He was a fertility god, fertility deity. So, you know, blood, which is the life of the individual, that blood in the Bible belongs to God. You kill an animal, the blood is poured out to God, and then you can take the the flesh and the and the and the fur and all that. And as a fertility deity, you know, blood is a is a is an important element in fertility rituals, whether that's the, the crops. You sprinkle the blood on the crops to get them to um to uh to blossom, to bloom, to grow, to be bountiful and bountiful and plentiful. Uh, and also, you know, for the individual trying to perhaps conceive and get pregnant. I mean, obviously. Getting pregnant is a um, and having children and prolonging the species uh, was at the core of most of these ancient fertility rites. That's where Valentine's Day came from. It's Lupercalia. That's where Samhain, Samhain partly comes from. You get the combination of agricultural analogy and then you know human fertility. So the sun penetrates the earth and gives birth to the harvest, uh, to the crops, and then of course the penis and the vagina and the sperm and all this. So you get a mixture of agriculture, and it's part of the as above, so below, um, or the over there, over here, if you will. The agriculture over there, the human fertility over here, uh, the as above, so below of the sun and the earth and the combining together, the merging of heaven and earth. So Baal or Bell is a fertility deity. Bell or Baal has also been worshipped as a number of other things, uh, a god of death, Um Baal has been worshipped as, and Baal was actually worshipped by the the Israelites. Um, therefore, there is this, I'm sure a lot of Christians would disagree, but there's this association that can be easily made that Yahweh is Baal. Yahweh demands human sacrifice. Baal is an evil character, but also a positive character uh, and also a, a, a neutral character, kind of like Baphomet. But nevertheless, Babies would be sacrificed to Moloch. Babies would be sacrificed to, to, to Bell. Um, perhaps you'd sacrifice one child taken from a breeder mother um, in order to help all the other women get pregnant in the community. So, you know, there's a long tradition and there's so much history and so much myth and 
Uh, there's so much archetype and so much um, analogy and metaphor to derive from all this. It, you cannot simply reduce it to good, evil, you know, God and the devil. It's, it, you can't do that. So knowing who Baal is, Bel Baal, we turn our attention to Baal and Siaga, Balenciaga, high-end fashion brand, you know, $1,000 shoes, $2,000 handbags, etc. Balenciaga, just a few days ago, this happened last week, we saw this, I saved this and our other show topics for this week uh, because of Thanksgiving last week, I wanted, and I, I had a little bit of a break on Thursday and Friday. Balenciaga had an ad campaign where they showed, and I mentioned this actually on Wednesday's show last week, just briefly. They have images of children holding stuffed animals that are wearing bondage gear. Some of the images include a little girl lying on a couch. I'm looking at these images right now. I didn't even want to print these, honestly, because you know if the FBI ever knocks on my door and finds these images from the ad, they'll think, you know, They've got something that they can prosecute me with. This is from the company, though. I mean, some of this stuff, it's like you wouldn't even, you want, you don't want this on your computer, even though it's like, you know, major news outlets that are publishing this just because it's so disturbing. It just looks like, like when I was printing these, I thought this, this could get flagged for child pornography. So one of the images, Balenciaga, you've got a dog bed, a dog bowl that is basically like a spiked collar dog bowl. Uh, you've got empty glasses of wine, uh, candles, and there is a number of other things here that are on the on the table and under the table, um, dog chains, things like that. And of course, they have the the candles. There's two there are two white pillar candles on either side, so it's a very ritualistic setup. And then the way that it's designed is for the eyes. I did not study art, but I do know this for the symmetry of it. The eyes are drawn to the center and the way that the center uh, of the image is set up, you have the white candles very ritualistically set up and then you have the dog collar, dog imagery stuff. And then that takes you to the wine glasses and then the wine glasses take you to this passed out child laying on the couch. I mean, looking like she's been drugged or something and Right behind her is one of these uh, teddy bears that's in bondage gear. So this girl is laying on the couch. Essentially, it's implied that she's been drugged. She's been um, prepared by a handler to be raped, to be molested. Um, I don't think that I'm reading too much into this. That's precisely what it is. And uh, then you have the BDSM doll behind her. In another one of the photos, it's the same girl. She's standing with her legs open, spread across uh, on one of the cushions of the bed. So she's standing in kind of like a, 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 a triangular pose and looks like she's drugged or something. I, I don't know. And then she's got the doll with the BDSM gear on it. Um, that's, those are just two pictures. That's the same girl, same image. So then you have another image here. Uh, the one that hasn't gotten a lot of attention is the young little boy. Uh, there's a boy standing on a, a, a little tiny like doormat and around him, you can see uh, there are weird drawings and scribbles on all of the walls, uh, a rainbow in the top right corner. Uh, there's a doll in the bottom left. Uh, looks like it's some kind of gothic BDSM bondage doll. Uh, looks like it's been kind of abused. Uh, it looks like uh, 
you have a series of, uh, in fact, this goes all the way. There's a little white rabbit that goes all the way around the room. Uh, it looks like a child's room that has been destroyed. Like it, it's been drawn all over and smashed and things have been broken. But in, in the middle of the room, all these items that the company is selling, they're symmetrically placed um, to bring your attention and your eyes to this young boy standing on the little uh, the little mat. It says Balenciaga on it. Uh, and then there's the other one, uh, the little girl standing on the couch. And you've got the bondage dolls. She's got a chain, like a biker chain or something, like a wallet chain around her neck. It goes down to her side, almost like a sash. And then you have the uh, the different items that they're selling, the glasses and the shoes and stuff placed in front of her. Uh, and then you have children's drawings all over the wall. Uh, the, it, it has a, for me, it has a very distinct energy about it that reminds me of, of Kim Noble, who is the woman who painted uh, the children that were, and, and this is very graphic, but painted the children that were kept in cages, children that were being ejaculated on, children that were being abused and tortured, women that were being raped. She herself is essentially the, the black and white woman in one of these paintings, one of these drawings. She also draws the golden Kabbalah, uh, and 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 the uh, the segments of the mind that are broken uh, apart and separated as part of ritual mind control trauma based mind control programming or SRA and um, that's the distinct uh, feeling I get when I look at these balls uh, these ball I just call them the ball ads ball and Balenci- uh, Balenciaga ads um, plus you know with Balenciaga. This is just what the hot topic is right now, but this isn't the first time this has happened. Fashion Nova, another company, uh, back in 2020 in October, for their their fall catalog, I assume, because it's back in October, uh, Fashion Nova began to promote and publish a series of um, kids' clothing that uh, many people accuse the company of basically being, uh, and I think that they were, I, I have the images right here, they were shrunken down versions of like adult clothing that made the children look like adults, but really tiny adults. And I mean, some of these are just ridiculous. Like there's one girl with her hands on her hips and she has like a mini skirt on and it's cut at the, I don't know, maybe it's like three inches on the waist and then it's cut. So it comes down at an angle. Uh, And it looks like, I mean, let's just put it this way. It's something that if you were a slut, you would wear that to the club to, to pick up guys or whatever you're trying to do. That, that's what that is. That's a, that's a that's slut get up. And they've got this on a little girl. Uh, they got the, the girl with the little leather pants. Oh, and interestingly, interestingly, let us go back to Balenciaga for a second. Because in these images, you have these little tiny teddy bears or these dolls or rabbits in some cases, some of these other images. And they have these real big eyes, right? Real big eyes. Do you remember that Eminem did that song? I didn't expect to talk about this, but I, I realized this was in the Eminem song too. I think it's the Godzilla song. And in the Godzilla song, in fact, I'll try to play that here without any sound so I can see if I can find the exact timestamp of it. Uh, in that Godzilla song, you know, his eyes get real big at one point. And you see that happen in a lot of entertainment industry, a lot of music industry stuff. You got these usually young pop stars and whether it's drugs or they're hallucinating or it's alcohol, 
uh, or there's implication of some kind of weird sexual thing. It's all about the eyes getting real big and kind of bulbousy. Uh, and I'm trying to fast forward here in the Godzilla song. I'm pretty sure it's this song. Yeah, it's definitely this song. I don't see the time time stamp. Uh, 34 seconds. So if you look up Godzilla featuring Juice World, uh, directed by Cole Bennett, Eminem at 34 seconds, he's, lo- he's looking through this rack of, of liquor and his eyes get real big. Not like they're unnaturally big, unnaturally big, huge, unnaturally big eyes. Uh, and it's kind of the same thing you see in these dolls, right? You see these dolls from Balenciaga, and you see also in the Fashion Nova shoot from 2020, you see something else. You see this girl who's carrying a bear or panda handbag slash purse. The same kind of imagery that you see in the Balenciaga images. The meaning of panda eyes there's a couple meanings. The, the, the standard Oxford Dictionary definition is an effect created by mascara or other eye makeup that has smudged. So they call that like raccoon eyes as well. But there's also another meaning, and it has to do with uh, sexual abuse. It has to do with the abuse of children. There are a lot of, a lot, this is this really disgusting stuff, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of undertones, a lot of sexual innuendos in these in these images from Balenciaga. Uh, and there's a lot of similar things happening in the Fashion Nova photo shoots. The one thing they share in common is the sexualizing of the young child, which is not a disputable thing, and also the teddy bear or the panda. In the case of Fashion Nova, all the little girls are wearing glasses so you can't see their eyes which if you know, you've been abused, you've got a black eye, you put the glasses on, cover that up. So there's the implication of abuse there and in the panda bag that this girl has. And then we go back to Balenciaga, you've got the teddy bears and you've got these wide-eyed looking like they've been put on drugs or they're, 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 they've been made drunk, the implication of the wine there and the one image. And the panda eyes is a, is a, or the bear eyes, the big, big eyes you see in the Eminem song and others in the entertainment industry, that signifies hallucination, that signifies sexual abuse, that signifies um, drug use and alcoholism. The uh, panda eyes in particular, like raccoon eyes, the makeup that women wear around their eyes, really dark makeup. You know, when that runs, when you get real sweaty and active, maybe you're in a club, maybe you're, I don't know, in some kind of sexual activity, something you want to keep private, something you want to keep away from children, all that's implied in these advertisements, whether it's the sunglasses and the panda bag, the little short skirts in Fashion Nova in 2020, or it's the Balenciaga ads with the dog bowls and the chains and the BDSM gear, little kids looking like they're drugged out of their minds, the implication they've been drugged or they have, have had alcohol with the wine glasses. And, you know, Balenciaga, they've apologized. Oh, we're so sorry. And they filed a lawsuit against the people that made it, the production company, the set designer, the photographers like, I didn't know what was going on. And they replaced it with something that seems pretty innocent, a girl with a handbag at a desk, but the desk has some books on it, and the books are of two painters, two artists that depict in their work cannibalism, human sacrifice, bloody dark rituals, Marina Abramovic, Aleister Crowley type stuff. Oh, and I also have to ask you this question. How is it that these children are being allowed at three years old, four years old to attend these photo shoots. Who are the parents of these children? 
Why are they letting their kids do something like that? Are the parents that desperate for fame? Are they that desperate for attention? I think the parents are just as involved as the companies are. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Just a little more evidence that Bell or Baal, a god worshipped all throughout the Middle East, particularly by the Canaanites, a little more evidence that Baal is actually Yahweh, the psychopathic, murderous demander of human sacrifice in the Bible. Baal, or Baal Barith, means Lord of the Covenant. And remember, the Jews have an agreement with God, and that agreement with God is called the covenant between God and man. So Baal is the God of the covenant. God, or Yahweh, is Baal, at probably a different character than you find in the New Testament of the Bible. But that's interesting because Baal, or Bel, or the castle of Munobel, the castle of darkness, reportedly where people have been trafficked to and ritually abused, ritually raped, ritually murdered, etc. Even if that is an unrealistic, falsified claim, and none of that has ever happened, the fact is there's a fashion company called Balenciaga, Balenciaga, and Balenciaga is in a little bit of hot water right now because of a photo shoot that they had contracted to have done. A photo shoot that shows children posing with rainbows, 
caution tape, leashes, collars, candles, wine glasses, and stuffed animals, little bears that look as if they are wrapped in bondage gear, leather, chains, uh, things that prevent them from moving. You know what bondage is. You're an adult. Now, the interesting thing about this on the surface is that a company like Balenciaga can make a statement as they have. CNN published this on the 23rd last week. Balenciaga apologizes for ads featuring children holding bondage bears. And then this was filed on Friday. Balenciaga files a $25 million lawsuit against the producer of the BDSM teddy bear ad campaign. The company they hired to do this, uh, this campaign called North Six Inc. And the set designer, Nicholas de Jardins, and his company are being sued for $25 million over the ad campaign. I bet you we hear very little about this in the news from here on out. I'm pretty sure we'll hear probably nothing about this in the news from here on out because this is one of two things. This is Balenciaga who approved the photo shoot, suing the person who did it as a PR stunt and as a way to make a quick buck off of what they themselves approved. So it's either that or Balenciaga is not a very well-run company and they approved it without realizing what it was. And it's this North Six and Nicholas Jardins who are really the sick people. And, um, well, it's, it's, it can't be that because Balenciaga, as a company, is just following in lockstep with what other fashion companies have done in the pra- uh, past couple of years. In 2020, Fashion Nova, another clothing company, they made a collection of kids' clothing, basically adult clothing, uh, that they scaled down for children. And in the photographs of the kids, it's basically club wear. And I'm not saying if you go to a club, you're a slut if you're a woman. But I'm saying if you dress like what these kids are dressed like, you probably don't have any underwear on. And they have these little kids dressed like they don't have any underwear on, if you will. All wearing sunglasses so you can't see their eyes. And this one girl who looks like, I mean, she... If you had to dress a prostitute, this is probably what you would do if you were a, you know, a, 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 you know, you provided the clothing for a TV show or a movie. You did, you know, the, the, the wardrobe. And she's also carrying a little, little teddy bear panda bag. The panda bag or the teddy bear bag takes us right back to Balenciaga because of all the teddy bears and the BDSM stuff that those teddy bears were wearing. But let's hold on to that for a second. Balenciaga is suing the company that produced the ad campaign. Balenciaga is bringing the case to, quote, seek redress for extensive damages defendants caused in connection with an advertising campaign Balenciaga hired them to produce, end quote. That's according to the Manhattan Supreme Court summons. Balenciaga, according to the New York Post, claims North Six and Des Jardins included the images of the court documents. Oh, I didn't even mention that, did I? I didn't mention that there were court documents from a Supreme Court case that were in some of the images, and the Supreme Court case was the Supreme Court overturning a law about child pornography that allows for simulated child pornography. 
to be produced so long as a child is not actually used in the production. That case is Ashcroft versus Free Speech Coalition. That's the Supreme Court case that made simulated child pornography legal. And it just happened to be placed in the photo shoot under a purse. Is that an accident? I'm sure that's an accident. I'm sure Balenciaga had no idea, and that's why they're filing a $25 million lawsuit against the producers. It's all PR. It's like when politicians tell you, we work to lower drug prices. Well, that's true. You did. You worked with the drug companies that are already selling overpriced things that a majority of people don't need, but they're addicted to them and they're hooked on them. And then you worked with the drug company to lower the artificial height of the price to a still super artificially listed price, way above what it should cost. And then everybody acts like they're heroes and saviors. The drug company says, well, the politicians got us. We lowered the cost because we care about your health. And the politicians like, well, we work with that company. We told him don't charge that. And everybody gets a kickback. And everybody who is, you know, not getting a kickback, all you're getting are very expensive, still overpriced drugs. But, you know, the politicians and the companies look like they're really trying to help you. Same kind of a thing. Balenciaga files a lawsuit against this, this company and the, and the set designer. But it's like, you, you approve this stuff. Balenciaga didn't have uh, a person at the shoot. They didn't have somebody there looking at what the shoot was and saying, no, that's, that's weird. If they really had an issue with it, that doesn't make any sense. So they apologize and they file the lawsuit. But the photographer, Gabriella Gallimberti, says, you know, I didn't really know what was happening. According to the original press release issued last week, the campaign, this is the teddy bear BDSM, iterates on the artist's series Toy Stories, an exploration of what people collect and receive as gifts. Yes, some people receive and collect children as gifts or beanie babies. Photographer Gallimberti told CNN in the statement last Wednesday that the direction and shooting of the campaign were out of his hands. He didn't know what was going on. He said, I'm not in a position to comment on Balenciaga's choices, but I must stress that I was not entitled in whatsoever manner to neither chose the products. I would assume that means choose the products. It may be a typo. Uh, nor the models, nor the combination of the same. As a photographer, I was only and solely requested to lit the given scene and take the shots according to my signature style. As usual, the direction of the campaign and the shooting are not on the hands of the photographer. Now, I'm wondering, as having been a photographer myself in the past, I went to film school, I did a lot of photography, I did weddings, I actually did a polyamorous wedding one time, I've done all kinds of different things in the past with photography, uh, political events, weddings, um, just basic, you know, people need photographs taken for like, a, you know, uh, like college or high school, senior pictures. I've done all kinds of things in the past. And I remember when I was, this was like, I just got out of film school. I was still living in Orlando. And my roommate at the time, uh, he was working with a bunch of rappers in the area. Uh, he knew two chains or his name was Titty Boy at the, t- at the time, uh, to change the rapper. Um, he was working with a lot of these different guys, um, Los Ghosts, some other rappers. Uh, and I remember very distinctly, because I was having trouble getting any kind of work, because I 
I just refused to do a lot of things and I, I really wasn't enjoying it like I thought I was going to. And he said, hey, you can do this gig with us. We're doing this photo shoot at the college, the Rollins College, uh, uh, where I was doing radio, actually, at the time, WPRK 91.5 FM. And uh, it's a really wealthy college. So he said, we're doing this photo shoot at the college. And we went to, I mean, they didn't really tell us much of what it was. It was just like models. It's much like rappers, girlfriends, or mistresses. Or I don't know what it was, but it was a bunch of, bunch of women uh, that wanted to you know do do some modeling work, so he was hired to do it. And he said, "If you want, you can come along and you can do some shoots too, and we'll probably get you some money for it." Um, it was nothing really seedy, but we go down to the college, and it wasn't like a company that hired us. It was just like some people that had some money. And uh, we're at the college. It's like nine, ten o'clock at night, so it's later, and you can walk around the college all night. So there's nothing like preventing you from being there at night, but it's. What, what got me was, you know, when the women started taking off their clothes and it's basically naked women at a college in the middle of the night uh, on private property where none of these people go to school because you, you could shoot things there. But, you know, there's a limit of what you can shoot. You can't shoot basically pornography. And I said, I got no, nothing wrong with a na- I got nothing wrong. Personally, I don't see an issue with a naked woman, but I'm not taking pictures of a naked woman on a college campus when I don't even go to this college. Plus, I do a radio show here, so I'm, I'm leaving. And they, they were cool with it. Nobody had any issues. Like, that's okay. It's fine. Whatever. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll just do, we'll just do it. And my friend even, I mean, he was pretty, he was pretty, <laughs> he was pretty, he was a pretty seedy guy. Even he was like, Hey, I don't think you should be taking all your clothes off. Like we're going to get arrested if we, let's just do like a modeling photo shoot. This college had a lot of beautiful stuff. Like you could, they had a lake and, you know, a lot of, um, beautiful architecture. So there's a lot of stuff you could do there. And I, I chose to leave because I was like, I'm, I mean, if you want to just like have a skimpy dress on, but I'm not taking nude photographs uh, at this college. OK, it's not going to happen. So I'm leaving. I left. Apparently, other fashion photographers don't understand that you get hired to do something and you look at it and you're like, huh, that's a little weird that you can leave. Like if that's not what you were contracted to do. He said that he didn't know what he that he didn't know the direction of the shoot. He didn't set it up. He didn't pick the models. He was just hired to shoot it. I mean, it would be like if you're hired. Like I was in I was in film. I was in and I I did I didn't do anything professionally. I didn't end up getting into that. I got into radio. But if I we had little, I was just I'm imagining we had little tiny shoots here or there, little small videos, documentaries, and you know you show up to a shoot. You know, I don't, it depends on what you're doing. You know, if you're a photographer, you know, do the still shots or you do audio. I did a lot of audio and you, you, you come up to, you come to the shoot and it's like, if you get there and you're told you have this one job, that's what you were hired for. And then they they start telling you to do other things. It's like, no, it's very strict. This is what I was hired for. I'm not doing anything else. This is what I was contracted for. Now, if you're a, if you're a nobody, you might not be able to get away with that. You might never be hired again, but if you're somebody like apparently this, gallon birdie guy is you you should be able to walk away and be like no there's something wrong with this photo shoot which tells me that this photographer that the company balenciaga that the company they're suing north six and the set designer nicholas jardins all of them knew what was happening but now the photographer is like yeah i didn't really know i don't really pick it i just shoot it you know I didn't rob the bank. I just drove the getaway car. You know, I didn't rape the child. I just filmed the raping. Okay. 
And Balenciaga is like, we had no idea, but we're going to sue this company we hired and approved to do this photo shoot. So everybody pretends like it's someone else's fault. It's not my fault, says the photographer. It's not my fault, says Balenciaga. It's all PR. It's all BS to make you think that justice is being served. Oh, well, they're going to be sued and go to. So if you bring it up, it's like, well, Balenciaga didn't have anything to do with this. Um, Actually, they're suing the company. It's really North Six's problem. And who's heard of North Six? Who's heard of Nicholas Jardins? I didn't. I mean, I've heard of Balenciaga. I didn't know how to pronounce it till last week. I don't I don't care about fashion. They all know what was going on. You know, if you get hired, like if you were hired at not just a, like a film or a movie, but if you got hired to do like if you were like a like a pornographer or something. All right. And there's fine lines in pornography between what is and is not acceptable, what's legal and what's not legal. So if you go in because we learned about that in film school, too. So if you go into pornography and you're hired to do a scene, it's just like two people having sex and that's the scene. Or maybe it's like a blowjob scene and you go to the set and it's somebody being raped and you're supposed to film it. Uh, you're probably calling the police and leaving. You're not staying and filming it and being like, well, I, I, I didn't pick the, the, the woman. I didn't rape the woman. I just stood there and, photo- and photoed it and videoed it. It's total nonsense. These companies and these photographers and these people know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. This is all PR. But it gets worse than that. The ad campaign featuring the little girls with the bondage and the candles and the implication of rape and the implication of satanic ritual abuse, the implication of trauma-based mind control, the drawings on the wall, the Kim Noble energy that it has to it. Balenciaga has another ad campaign where they pulled the BDSM ads and replaced it with a red hair model holding an hourglass or what they call an hourglass small crock embossed top handle bag. Uh, just it's just a very expensive bag that looks like uh, looks like a piece of piece piece of garbage, uh, and I'm sure they're selling it for five grand. So they replace the ad campaign with the children in the BDSM. Yeah, we're, we're sorry about that. We're going to sue that company. And the photographer didn't know. He didn't know. He just showed up and he shot the rape. You know, he didn't know what was happening. So Balenciaga replaced that ad with something else. The red hair model holding this little handbag. And the background of this image, you can see a couple of things on the desk. You see a book by somebody named Michael Borman. And Michael Borman is a painter and a filmmaker. He was born in, interestingly enough, Belgium. Muno Bell, Belgium, Ball Inciaga, and Ball Inciaga used Michael Borman, a Belgium painter and filmmaker, used a copy of one of his books in the photo shoot. Now, I've done set design as well. Nothing in the set gets placed there by accident. It's all intentional. It's all set up the way that it is because there's a reason. There's a purpose behind it. Now, for those of you who don't know who Michael Borman is, the Belgian painter, Michael Borman has created some very disturbing work. His work officially focuses on blood rituals, occultism, but like dark satanic stuff, racism, you can imagine, he's probably a very proud liberal, cannibalism, and pedophilia. 
This is officially what he focuses on. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is what the guy actually does. And if you look at his photographs or the videos or photos of his, um, or I should say, you look at his, his art, the photos of his paintings or the paintings themselves, uh, and, the, and the, he's a filmmaker too. I mean, th- this is some of the most disturbing, disgusting stuff I've ever seen. It's literally children with body parts missing. It's literally children with body parts missing. The body parts are being eaten by people. They're literally cannibalizing the child. And I look at this little kid in one of these images. It's, it's pornographic, too. He paints the, the whole thing. Um, and it's disturbing. And I look at this little kid, and I think of my son, Fox. My son, Fox, is almost four years old. And that's what I see in that little kid. And I see this kid being cannibalized. And obviously, as a parent, or I mean, I, even if I didn't have a kid, because I've been doing this for hell, 12, 13 years. I've been talking about this kind of stuff. I got kicked off of Art Bell's Dark Matter Radio because I talked about this kind of stuff. It makes me want to take the person who is depicting children like this and hold them by the throat and ask them, why are you depicting children like this? Because nobody does this unless they're involved in something very sick and dark. Balenciaga doesn't approve this kind of crap unless they're involved in something sick and dark. Neither does Fashion Nova. Neither neither does the photographer that photographed this stuff. And to replace an advertisement about kids in bondage gear, being raped, drugged, with big wide eyes like you see in Eminem's music and a lot of pop music, the big eyes, the hallucinations, the Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff, or the Alice in Wonderland theme, the Disney theme, the big-eyed princesses, the big-eyed dolls. Or like the La La Loopsie dolls where the, the ears are not there so they can't hear anything. The mouths are sewn shut and the eyeballs are replaced by buttons like the, the mother in Caroline. And so the girl can't speak. She can't see. She can't hear. Speak no, see no, hear no evil. You know, those kinds of things where the, the, the child is abused and, and bound. And this is what Michael Borman does. Children that are being cannibalized, children that are being bound, adults that are being bound, big black robed figures ritualistically around a sacrifice in the middle. Um, And this Balenciaga is the same company that said, Kanye West, we're dropping you because you said Zionists run Hollywood and run the entertainment industry. But we have no issue with hiring people and working with people that depict and promote this kind of depravity, which tells me Kanye West is probably a pretty good guy. It tells me that people like Michael Jackson probably didn't touch those kids. They've projected and mirrored what they do on those celebrities. And you notice how they're usually black celebrities like Dave Chappelle, Kanye West, Michael Jackson. He did bleach himself, but, you know, still a black guy. Oh, I don't know. People like Kyrie Irving, too, in the National Basketball Association. I mean, even, they've even gone so far as now it's Clarence Thomas at the Supreme Court. He doesn't get an opinion because he's a black conservative who has an issue with promoting this kind of LGBTQ propaganda to, to children. You might say, what does LGBTQ have to do with this kind of crap at Balenciaga? It has everything to do with it because it's a stepping stone. Because real gay people don't promote and don't believe the kinds of things that the LGBT community promotes and believes. It's the same corrupted cultural influence that ran Weimar Germany into the ground and led to the rise of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party, which was tired of the perversity and the sexualization of children and the destruction of the family and the culture and traditions in Germany. It's the same ideology that is present today in modern Israel because Weimar Germany 
just changed to Tel Aviv, Israel, which is the new capital of LGBTQ. Gay people and the handful of trans people that do exist in the world have been used as tools and as shields to advance corrupted and perverse and disgusting ideologies and agendas. And when you think about what Balenciaga does by changing, they apologize for the BDSM ad. They sue the company that produced it. And the photographer who shot it says, I didn't know anything about it. Then they change that ad out for one that's a little more subtle. But when you look at what's in the advertisement of the woman with the handbag, it's literally the work of a guy who depicts pedophilia, human sacrifice, cannibalism, and the abuse and torture and eating and murder of children. This isn't speculative. If you want to look this guy up, I'll give you his name. I, I'm, I'm warning you, though, this is some disgusting stuff, even for me. Like, I can't, I can't really look at this stuff. M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Michael, uh, there's umlauts, the two dots over the E, Borman, B-O-R-R-E-M-A-N-S, and he's from Belgium. He's Belgian. Muno Bell, Castle of Darkness, Belgium, Bell, Ball, Balenciaga. The other book that is in this photo is called uh, The Cremaster or The Cremaster Cycle. The Cremaster Cycle is a series of five feature-length films together with sculptures, photographs, and drawings created by an artist named Matthew Barney. It was released in 1994 through 2002. The cremaster is also a muscle in the body. This is from Science Direct. What does the cremaster muscle do? The transient retraction of the testes out of the scrotum is a normal reflux caused by contraction of the cremaster muscle. This muscle functions to regulate the temperature of the testes and to protect it from uh, outside traumas. So the two books they have on the desk here, two of the three books they have on the desk, is the artwork of a guy that depicts cannibalism, pedophilia, and human sacrifice. And the other book is about, well, it's a very disturbing series of images by Matthew Barney, another artist that they're promoting. But then Cremaster is also a muscle that has to do with sperm, sex, fertility, and contractions, which would make sense because Balenciaga is, well, it's, it's, it's Ball Enciaga. It's Bell Linciaga. Fashion Nova is no different. And in both cases, Balenciaga has these BDSM teddy bears. And then in the case of Fashion Nova, they've got the little panda purse and the girls with their glasses on so you can't see their eyes. All of these are innuendos of being abused, whether it's SRA, satanic ritual abuse, whether it's TBM, trauma-based mind control, whether it's just standard sexual or physical, violent, and aggressive abuse of children. Those are the implications. And what exactly, what is what, what, what are bear, like teddy bear eyes, teddy bear, big and cuddly bear eyes, big eyes, eyes that are made wide by drugs or alcohol, disassociation from reality, rape and torture, or they call them panda eyes. And panda eyes are like the raccoon eyes. The girls do those dark circles under their eyes and they go to the club or, or I don't know, um, maybe when, you know, a girl wears that kind of makeup and then it runs out of her eyes and guys think that's kind of sexy. Um, you know, the women that wear the makeup for the pornography, like, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be straight up and say it like, you know, Bukake, 
uh, where they they do all the the cum shots and the woman's makeup is running. That's what is being implied by these images. That's what Balenciaga is. That's what Fashion Nova is. And they work with and promote artists that promote themselves. So Balenciaga and Fashion Nova do it directly or indirectly. They do it, uh, uh, the, the promotion, the agreements they have with these people, they do it by promoting cannibalism, human sacrifice, blood rituals, literally, officially. Cannibalism of children, abuse of children. It's the same kind of thing that Kim Noble showed where they had men masturbating on children in cages. Where they had women, including Kim Noble, being raped and abused and being deflowered. Having their virginity taken. Virginity in the sense of actually being a virgin, never having sex. And then virgin as in not a goat, but an actual kid. Not a goat, but an actual child. And it's all for Bell, Ball, Balenciaga. The covenant God, Baal Bereth, the Lord of covenant, God worshiped by the Israelites when they went astray. That is Yahweh. He is the God of genocide, homicide. He's a psychopath and demands human sacrifice. And that is the God of the Old Testament, different than the God of the New Testament. By the way, another question that is not being asked about the Balenciaga or the Fashion Nova shoot, for that matter, in 2020 is who are these kids? Who are the parents of these kids? The parents are just as guilty as the photographer, the set designer, the production company, and the company itself that approves all this. Who are these children? Where are their parents at? Three-year-olds don't just wander into high-end fashion shoots for $1,000 handbags and get the gig. A side note, although it is part of the narrative, Andre Bing, the 31-year-old shooter, at the Chesapeake, Virginia, Walmart last week, had a pistol and some magazines. He bought it legally. He had no criminal background. Police found on his phone a letter that read, Sorry, everyone, but I did not plan this. I promise things just fell in place like I was led by Satan. He said people were giving him evil, twisted grins. People looked me in the eyes, terrified by a demonic aura. People were trying to get rid of me since day one. Clearly a delusional individual. But because he's black, we're not allowed to talk about it, right? He also killed himself after he shot these employees at the Walmart in a pre-shift meeting in the morning. This was last week. He said he was led by Satan. Doesn't sound like conservative values led him to do that shooting. Also at the Club Q up in Colorado, we had this shooting. Five people died, 17, 18 people injured. The shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, 22 years old, is being called a right-wing extremist despite the fact that, based on a court filing, Aldrich is non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. So someone who uses they-them pronouns and someone who's a Satanist are not traditional conservatives and don't believe in traditional conservative values. I don't think I need to tell you that. Once again, these are extremists that the media gives a right-wing identity when they are of the godless, heartless, soulless, satanic, evil class. And I'm not talking about left-wing Democrats, although they do tend to fall into that category more than others. This evil is pervasive, and it uses anything and everything. It'll use people that are marginalized. It'll use rainbow flags, trans flags. It'll use Jews, Christians, Muslims. It doesn't care. 
It's unbalanced, pure, chaotic evil, and it uses all those things as tools, weapons, and shields to advance its anti-human agenda. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. Check out our website at thesecretteachings.info. Please grab a copy of one of my books. Check out our Black Friday specials for the yearly subscription or the digital books. It's all on the website. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. tstradio at protonmail.com is the other email. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.